welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. Um, great. Better, better than you. I yeah. sound better than you. It's true. <laughs> um, I, I am sick right now, and so I feel like luckily it's kind of migrated from the throat for right now, So, but I do sound a bit froggy, and I apologize for that. I'm going to try and keep gross sounds to a minimum. <laughs> um, so today we are going to be talking about Waiting for Tom Hanks by Carrie Winfrey, and later we are going to do some rom-com talk with You've Got Mail. Yes. But first, Mom, what have you been reading? Ellen, this is what I've been reading. The last full episode we did, we did um, Taming of the, the Duke. Duke. Taming of the Duke, which was an Essex Sisters book by uh, Louisa James. So I read Pleasure for Pleasure, mm-hmm. which is the fourth book in that series. Yes. Finished out that series. Then I read The Unhoneymooners for various reasons. Um, then I had some time to just read a whatever book. And uh-huh. so I picked up the uh, third book in the Wild series by Eloisa James mm-hmm. and read Born to be Wild, um, which was very fun read. And then I read Waiting for Tom Hanks by Carrie Winfrey. <clears throat> okay. So I, last time we talked about books, um, I had like, I was two pages into Pleasure for Pleasure, which you also mentioned reading. Um, that was the fourth book, and I really liked that one. I think that was my favorite of the series. That was, I think that was my favorite of the series. In fact, I know that was my favorite of the series. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of fun if you guys didn't read that one. Um, and then I also read The Unhoneymooners, and um, I was flying around a bit last week. What? I... <laughs> stop at you. Um, I... Started reading Devil's Daughter by Lisa Kleypas, but I admittedly am still in the midst of that. Um, I don't, I don't do well reading in on airplanes. I've found I'm too, dis- I'm too easily distracted on an airplane. I read really well on airplanes. Yeah, I know you do. <clears throat> so. Today, we are going to be talking about Waiting for Tom Hanks by friend of the show, Carrie Winfrey. Um, so that is your disclaimer for this, is we like her a lot. And um, <laughs> it, was, it was a gamble reading the book, because, you know, if, if there, yeah. could be, there could be problems. Yeah. And, and you know, um, well, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that when I get into my feelings on the book. Okay. Um, this is Carrie's first adult romance and the first in a series called The Waiting for Tom Hanks series. Um, there is an excerpt for the next book, uh, not like the movies, at the end of this book. But even without that, it is very apparent who the follow-up will be about if you have read this book. So, here's the description that I wrote for this book. Let's see if you can pick up on what I did here. <laughs> I hope I can, or I'll feel really bad. <laughs> no, you definitely will. Um, Annie is a is rom-com obsessed and a bit obsessed with love. Actually, she has been ever she has been ever since her mom went a bit overboard with the rom-coms, raising her on the genre and her parents' own love story of When Harry Met Sally. Hey, we don't know their names. 
Um, <laughs> since her mother's untimely death, Annie has lived with her D&D loving uncle and is a working girl who frequents the coffee shop round the corner where her friend Chloe works and has a rom-com like banter with her boss. She, uh, Annie is constantly envisioning her best friend's wedding. Um, Annie is waiting for her life to begin and a bit clueless about how to make that happen. It's not that she's never been kissed, but she is waiting for her perfect rom-com love story to happen for her very own Tom Hanks to come onto the scene. When a new rom-com causes a splash and begins shooting in her sweet home Alabama, I mean Columbus, Ohio, um, (laughs) it seems to be serendipity and she gets a job as the His Girl Friday to the director. Problem is, the star, Drew Danforth, who uh, who makes her want to know how to lose a guy in 10 days. He is everything a metaphorical Tom Hanks is not, but he seems to think she's all that, a real pretty woman, and gets a bit moonstruck himself. So something's got to give, Annie. You are more <laughs> than just friends. Soon she is finding herself spending more and more time with Drew. Even some pillow talk happens. Uh, and definitely, maybe, is getting some real feelings for him. But Mamma Mia, here's the hitch. (laughs) (laughs) Things become a bit of a train wreck when she gets into some trouble while he was sleeping. I had to fudge that one a little bit. And she has to wonder if maybe he's just not that into you, even though, really, that's all much ado about nothing. She is forced to evaluate her own perceptions of her own crazy stupid love story and how it will play out wow so what did you do there (laughs) how dare you (laughs) i don't get it (laughs) well Um, well done ellen yeah some of them i just was not going to be able to squeeze in like i couldn't figure out how to do sleepless in seattle or you've got mail unfortunately (laughs) without well, just straight I think up, they'll get talked about, so yeah, it's, it's not like they're going to be neglected. <laughs> I was going to say, without just straight up referring to them as the movies themselves. Um, so, Mom, <clears throat> what did you think of Waiting for Tom Hanks? Well, Ellen, I loved this book. <laughs> I, I did, mean, too. I, I, I will say. So, I gave that disclaimer about how we love Carrie, so we might be a little biased, but I, I straight up loved this book, so... I think well, we're safe. In- from like chapter one, I was texting Ellen. I'm like, Helen, I think that Carrie Winfrey is your long lost sister. Yeah. <laughs> to, quote, to quote, you've got mail, 142 insights into my soul. My soul. 152, just 100. so you say. No, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. crazy how much it sounded like, well, I don't want to say it sounded like me, but it sounded like me the way I raised you. Yes. Except I didn't, yeah, I didn't die. <laughs> so you're Knock welcome. on wood, Mom. <laughs> um, yeah, I love this book. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, we'll talk about some frustrations I had, but I think that they were intentional frustrations. So it wasn't I, even I think anything. I had the same frustrations and I think they were intentional to the story as well. Yeah. So let's just get into it. So what did you okay. think of Annie as our heroine? I loved Annie, but here's my problem with Annie. Yes. <laughs> Through most of the book, I wanted to shake her and say, 
How on earth can you not see this right in front of your face? Yeah. Stop looking for something better. I mean. Yeah. I mean, so I have a really, like, fraught relationship with Annie because in a lot of ways, I kind of, like, too closely identify with her. Um, and, you know, I can, I can, like we said, I can maybe identify with this girl who's raised on rom-coms. Um, but also, she was a bit overboard to use uh, <laughs> the, the movie title. Um, I, would, I would agree. And I would get frustrated with her in, yeah, like, not seeing literally what's right in front of her. Um, and also with kind of her suspension of reality and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was looking for something so specific. I mean, it was so crazy specific that it's that all this other good stuff was going on around her and she was just missing out on it because she was looking for something so specific. Yeah, really what I what I found was that I feel like I'm more of a combo of Annie and Chloe, you know, Chloe who's obsessed with murder documentaries. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um so really maybe I'm just pretty sure I'm just identify with Carrie I don't know <laughs> that, that was the thing with me I was like man it's like Carrie's reached into Ellen's soul and written about her so I don't want to be weird Carrie but I'm pretty sure we're the same person um <laughs> but maybe that's why she likes daughter. our show so much you know yeah <laughs> um yeah so uh yeah but she she was a lot of fun and as a rom-com watcher and romance reader um, you know, I can, I can definitely identify with like placing this, these rom-com tropes onto your everyday life. Um, she wrote, she says at one point in the book, have you ever felt like you're not the main character in your own story? And that credit cracked me up because the joke with my group of friends in college was that I'm, I was like the plunky best friend in all of, you know, and so I'm always, I'm like the Judy Greer of my friend group, you know, I'm always, <laughs> look the it best up. best friend. Look it up if you don't know. But she always plays the friend in a rom-com. Um, but yeah, so I identified with kind of feeling like that. And also, like, I'm such a klutz that sometimes I feel like I'm a rom-com heroine just because, <laughs> you know, I'm tripping all over myself all the time. Um, and yeah. I, yeah, I thought, I thought she was a great, I mean, obviously the journey had to be made and uh, that was, so our frustration with Annie, I think was meant to be a frustration because then she finally comes around to seeing that she was missing out. You can tell it's intentional because everybody around her is also getting frustrated with her (laughs) acting this way. Um, Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I, I got frustrated with her, but I never disliked her. I think that's fair to say. I think absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. What I did mean, you she th- had to come around and you knew she would. You knew that this was going to happen, so. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Drew as our hero? Oh, I love Drew. He was, he was a, it's, it's like that magical story where, first of all, some Hollywood hunk is going to be just so sweet and and easygoing and, and yeah and he, it was magical 
Yeah. He, um, I loved him. And to the point where at the beginning when she's like saying all this stuff about him that's supposed to discredit him, I'm just like, this just makes me like him more. <laughs> yeah. Like he doesn't take anything seriously and he, he yucks it up all the time. It's like, what's and to hate And always <laughs> trying to like find ways around, you know, being in the public eye and... You know, because she's like, he doesn't take things seriously, but I identified pretty quickly that it was all just him, you know, trying to stay yeah. out of the public oh, eye, his way away of, from paparazzi. A re- like way that. of dealing with paparazzi and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, like, right away, I was like, I, 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 lo- I love this guy. And then when he's just so sweet the entire book. So like, sweet. Yeah. Um... And They're, I picked up pretty early that, you know, he kept calling her coffee girl, and she was so mad about that. Yeah. And because um, she thought he was making fun of what she did She was for doing a job. The job. But yeah. he called her that because she spilled coffee on him the first time he met her. Yeah. They're, and I, w- I would like to point out that in um, You've Got Mail, her name is Shop Girl. Yeah. So she's Shop Girl, and then this girl is Coffee Girl, so. It's true. Coincidence? Um, I think not. I think not. And also her name is Annie, which is the name of Meg Ryan's character in Sleepless in Seattle. In Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. So, um, yeah, their, their meet cute slash meet painful, as it's referred to, <laughs> was, that was cute. And as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, this is a rom-com meet cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then he yeah. starts speaking French to her because <laughs> Chloe tells him she only speaks French. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that moment when he, um, when she comes back and, like, encounters him for the first time since spilling coffee all over him, and he's like, bonjour, and he drinks some of his coffee cup. I'm like, oh, She's like, ugh. You're so smug. I love it. Um, yeah, he's kind of so perfect that it made me more annoyed with her. Like, it contributed to my frustrations with her. Yes. Um... Because well, it was kind of similar to on honeymooners where you, you know, she hated him so much in the beginning. You began to realize this is unwarranted hate. She's yeah. she's misreading so much of this that it's so it's it was that same thing where it's like she hates him so much, but it's just so unwarranted. She just is assuming because he's this big hunky celebrity that he's going to be a total d bag, but in reality, he was a real sweetheart. I will say, like you know, because yeah, she she came she comes in with like preconceived notions of him. But as soon as she starts, like, feeling some chemistry with him and realizing that he's interested in her, she does, like, come around pretty quickly yeah. and easily. Um, so I did appreciate well, that. Who wouldn't? You would yeah. be a moron if you didn't. Yeah. And I loved how Chloe kept, like, you need to hit that just so you can tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I wrote down this line for Drew because it made me laugh. Uh, it's when they're making out in the, that like the hallway by the bar restroom, and he's like, "I was a good Southern boy before you, Ohio temptress, kissed me in this most sordid of places." <laughs> Meaning in the bar, in not the bar, yeah. Like not she's in kissing s- him in a sordid place. <laughs> <laughs> the location, not the yeah. Um, but yeah, he he was. He was just dreamy. and He was. Yeah. And he was so. sweet, and he would call his mom, and he'd call his brother, and he was just... Yeah. Yeah, he was <laughs> a sweetheart. Dreamy. He was described kind of as John Krasinski, but I was always kind of getting more of a Chris Pratt vibe from him. 
Well, you get a Chris Pratt vibe from most <laughs> anybody things. that I find attractive. Because <laughs> John Krasinski would not, I mean, I would not kick that out. No, so I would not either. <laughs> you know this about me. Um, okay, so this book really pays homage to the rom-com and the romance genre. So what did you make of that? Um, I loved it. In fact, as I was reading it, I kept thinking, I wish they would make a movie of this because they could do such a cute job with this book. And maybe, yeah. Carrie, now that we've done it on our show, you know how that goes. <laughs> That's, you're the lucky charm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it would be such a fun movie because of all the interaction it has with other rom-coms. Yeah. I imagine it's probably difficult to get licensed to all of this To stuff, all of them from all the different... Yeah, yeah um yeah, I just thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and I, as I've been sick all this weekend, um, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything else besides lying here in a vegetative state. So I'm just going to watch a lot of rom-coms. And I did. I watched... I did think, you do that, Ellen? <laughs> I did. I watched a whole mess of them. Um, I was trying to watch ones that I hadn't watched in a long time. So I watched um, Romancing the Stone, The Wedding Singer. Um, what else did I watch, Mom? I'm trying to pull up. IQ. The te- IQ, Ever After, 27 Dresses, um, Only You, Runaway Bride, Sweet Home Alabama, and You've Got Mail. Only You is the one with Marissa Tomei and, and Robert Downey Jr., right? It is, yeah. When I see them in the Marvel movies, it always makes me Think chuckle of kind of, oh, they, they were in that movie together. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. So it, it made me go on a rom-com binge. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was, uh, it was a fun thing in a romance book, especially because I think all of us that are romance readers are a bit romance obsessed and rom-com is obviously like a gateway drug into (laughs) into reading romance so i thought it was a fun exploration for a romance book um and i liked the things that she had to say about you know watching rom-coms and things she um she's talking about nora efron movies and she says it's not like being in love fixes everything for them because it doesn't fix everything in real life. It just makes everything bearable better. And, um, yeah. So my next question is, how did this book make you reflect on the rom-com genre? Um, well, like you, well, with fondness, like you, with, well, for so many of those movies, in fact, probably all of them. Yeah. You know, I have memories of watching them with you. And so, you know, I reflect on it with fondness and um, just, you know, how much time we spent together watching movies together and probably way too much time. Yeah. (laughs) Watching movies together or going to movies together. And um, because it was just me and Ellen and the rest of them were boys. And so if there was a cute rom-com out, Ellen that was, was my date. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, it just, and it, it made me think about 
rom-coms and the romance genre and just like you know because people are giving her crap for for liking them as much as she does but I liked that quote that I just read and how it's like yeah it's it's not it's not always super realistic but you know watching them also kind of just makes it's a little escape and it just makes you more hopeful and feel better about life in general and things like that Um, because most of them if you in fact there's a section in the book where she talks about if in most of romantic comedies if you picked them apart there's all kinds of things that are wrong with them yeah um and um but they just have such a they just leave you with such a sweet feeling and such a yeah (laughs) she did have she did have fun like kind of picking apart some of the tropes that are um definitely in there i loved when she said love does occasionally occur in places that are not new york city (laughs) what (laughs) no it doesn't what you're talking about well uh, or i know at one point she said uh that never been kissed is creepy and i've always thought that because it always bugged me that you know her teacher falls for her which i get he's not really her teacher but he didn't know that but he didn't know that and it was wrong Um, I also liked when she, she was like mad at him about something and she says, I don't trust you, Drew Danforth, and you're just part of a montage. And she kept talking about, you know, like. This is just the montage. This is yeah. just the montage of bad dates before the good yeah. date. And he's like, why do I get the distinct feeling that I should be insulted by that? She's like, because you should. <laughs> there were so many things that I highlight, just little things that I would yeah. highlight that would remind me of Ellen. And she was reading behind me, like I was ahead of her for most of the book. And um, I wanted you to see all the little things that reminded me of you. Yeah, there were a lot. Uh, there were there a were, lot of them. Yeah. Um, but, and I also wrote down this line where she says, no one would ever make a romantic comedy about aimlessly scrolling through Bumble because that would be one hell of a boring movie. <laughs> and I liked that because as as a romance reader and a rom-com watcher, Sometimes, you know, I think, um, I don't know, you get caught up in like, oh, but that's just not how it happens. It just happens organically and it's wonderful. But um, I also recognized, maybe later than I should have, but um, (laughs) that you do need to put work into like making it happen. And I like that that's kind of one of the lessons that she learns as well, you know. That she needs to put herself out there and, you know. Yes. Yes, this is a smug look on my face if you're wondering. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I can see it. (laughs) Um, Well, and like I was saying, that now that I've been reading romance as long as I have, when I watch a rom-com, I watch them more with a reader's thought. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I look more at plot lines and more at... um, tropes and more at you know character archetypes and character yeah and character development and uh so it's it's interesting how all the romance reading I've done has influenced my rom-com watching yeah I thought she did a really good job just at um you know she pays a lot of homage to the rom-com genre but she also like kind of picks apart some of it but also always looks at it with fondness and points out instances in where you can love rom-coms, but 
still like be based in reality and right. live in the real world. And so I thought she did really well with like kind of exploring that. I thought it was great. And as always, the banter was amazing. Yeah, they did have good I mean, banter. that's our thing that we love and it was great. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite rom-com shout out or just like pop culture shout out? Man, there were so many. If I'd known that was going to be a question. Um, probably there was just so much stuff with, well, I guess Tom Hanks was, well, I'll save that for later when we talk about the movie. Um, but, uh, the whole idea of looking for Tom Hanks or looking for her perfect guy, mm-hmm. um, and then and this is not this is not this is not the answer to your question, but this is okay. what I'm going to say right now. <laughs> but when she realizes maybe I'm the Tom Hanks in this movie, maybe I'm the Tom Hanks, and I mm-hmm. need to go get what I want yeah. instead of sitting around and waiting for Tom Hanks to come to me. Maybe I need to be the Tom Hanks and go get what I want. Um, But just, gosh, there's so many shout-outs to so many uh, movies. While You Were Sleeping, when she mentions the fact that in While You Were Sleeping, the best part of that is is her connection to his family. I was like, oh, that's just what we've always said about that movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you listen to our episode where we go through our rom-com bracket and While You Were Sleeping came out on top, I mean, yes. that is that is my favorite part of that movie is just that crazy family and how much how important it was to her to, like, grow closer to his family. I think we relate to that because we kind of have a crazy family. Yeah. But I think in, in the end, we're a very close knit family. And yeah, um, I also liked that she called out that the notebook is cheesy. Yes, I highlighted that. Yeah, I know. I saw that. <laughs> I would have highlighted it if you hadn't already highlighted it. Um, because we also think that that movie is cheesy. And it frustrates me that like when people find out I like romance, they're like, oh my gosh, you must love The Notebook. I'm like, nope. Nope. Um, <laughs> Not so much. Also, just pop culture in general. I really appreciated the like diatribe on Chopped because, yes, Chopped is a time suck. And um, it is, yeah, it's amazing. Well, and all the D&D references and going to yes. conventions. Yes. And there was just so much stuff. I was just like, gosh, dang. Here's my small quibble that I had. Um, well, first of all, yeah, I loved the D&D stuff. Uh, I, I have dabbled in D&D. Um, <laughs> I, before my brother moved, I was part of his D&D group where he was dungeon master. Um and so, yes, I'm, I'm familiar. Uh, but my small quibble is, so her uncle Don, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he brings home Tyler and then he leaves to go take. And leaves Tyler at his place. Yes. <laughs> I was like. Like all alone. <laughs> I'm going to go take a nap. Okay, I'll be back in three days. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, Don, maybe you should not go to New York and go back to Tyler. I'm going to assume that he called her and let her know what was going on. And she's like, yes, go. You need to go. That's, in my mind, that conversation took place. Okay. But yeah, that was that was my, my quibble. I was like, huh. Um, 
but yeah, so many rom-com references like that there was too many. We also appreciate we also appreciated the reference to watching um Love Actually with her uncle Don and feeling okay. awkward about the the porn scenes. <laughs> Because Ellen had it down to an art form. Yeah. She knew exactly where to. And, and I guess we were watching it on VHS or DVD. I can't remember. We were watching anyway. it. So we, what we do is we watch it on DVD and I change the input on any time the porn scenes start. So the screen goes black, but we can still hear what's happening. Hear what they're saying. So we could hear the conversation, but we're not watching the scene. And... um so Ellen had it down, and she knew exactly when to do that and exactly yeah. when not to when to turn it back on, so uh, we could watch it with the family and not have that vis- visual to go yeah. with it. Especially like some of our family who is a little bit more uptight, a little offended like, by all yeah. that. Um, okay, so because we always do, let's talk about the conflict here. What did you make of the conflict in this book? I thought the conflict was appropriate. Well, first of all, I get why he was mad. Because if she sent that. First of all, this isn't the main conflict, but I got really frustrated with her when she was taking Hollywood gossip as fact. Like when she gets mad because. But that happens in all these books. I know, know, but it's like, honey, you you should know better. (laughs) Like that. Just because he's reported by this celebrity gossip site as dating. Yeah, it's not even a magazine. It's a freaking website yeah. blog thing. Yeah. The other thing, just like the former L.A. resident in me, when she was like so embarrassed that she got the job through her uncle, I was like, honey, that's how that town works. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, but on to the main conflict. Yes, I got... I totally understood why he was upset. And to both of their credit, like, he he does get over it fairly quickly. and Very quickly and tries to contact her. And she, like, puts it off at first. And I even can get where she was coming from where it's like, you know what? He's leaving anyway. Yeah. Let's just let this go, you know. Yeah. It, it's not meant to be. And then, um, but then she, you know, has her epiphany. And all, you know, Don and Chloe and everybody are, you know, talking her into it. And because um, it's all within like a day. I mean. Yeah. And so she races out to catch him and he's already left. So she has to go to New York, which yeah. was cute. And the grand gesture was cute. And just all of it. I thought it was really. Yeah. Also with that main conflict, I can totally relate to sending text messages to the wrong people. Oh, my gosh. I can too, because didn't I send like a sexy yeah. thing to you that I thought was going to you, and it went out to the whole family? Well, I'm constantly sending texts to the guy I'm dating that are for mom, and <laughs> then I always have to explain, like, oh yeah, sorry. Uh-huh. That's how he found out about the podcast. Actually, was <laughs> the I first time? I mean, he does about it for now, yeah, but but like when we first started texting. I accidentally sent him like episode listen numbers to for one of our episodes that was for mom and I had to explain like 
Oh, no. I have a podcast where I talk about sexy books. Um, <laughs> with my mom. <laughs> yeah, with my mom. Um, but, yeah, I thought, you know, for as much as she frustrated me throughout the book, like, I actually found them both to be, like, pretty reasonable and rational in within the conflict. So, and, you know, that's usually where I, where it loses me. So, I Well, I and where I normally get pretty upset with them not answering a phone you know message or text or whatever with this one it was just more of a i don't know if i want to get back you know and then pretty quickly she's back on board it's when they turn their phones off for like two weeks that i'm like really seriously (laughs) yeah so this one didn't frustrate me like that yeah okay so let's talk about sex baby or lack thereof baby so um what did you make of it well there's already like three people i've said you should read the book we just read it's super cute and there's no sex in it yeah it's true um yeah i mean it's like it's it's completely they make out and then it's like and then i mean they obviously have sex yeah because she says like we had amazing sex and um yeah, I mean, it's talked about that they have sex, but you don't see, not, I mean, even unlike, I mean, this is interesting now that we've done two books in a, in a row that have no sex in them. Because, you know, even unlike Unhoneymooners, which kind of explains some of the foreplay and things, this just completely... Uh, left to our imaginations. Yeah. However, and I get that that... It's a PG-13 rom-com. Yeah. Well, and I get that that's kind of a deal breaker for some people that they like really want the sex in there. Um, but for me, it was, I thought it was cute. It was fun. It didn't It felt me. within the tone of the book, too. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want no sex in all of my, ro- in all of my romance books. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should, uh, you know, censor more things for you. Or- yeah. Um, but I, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was in keeping with the tone of the book. I thought it, I thought she handled it well and, uh, yeah, it didn't bother me. I, I thought it was really well done and cute. And I think, I think the reason it didn't bother me, cause like if we, (laughs) I hate to always be bringing this up, but when I think about ones where they did it wrong, the wedding date, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Poor like, wedding date. I know. Um, <laughs> but like when I think about that book, it it bo- it bothered me that that was fade to black because they talked about sex so much, and it was obviously such like an integral part to why they were into each other. But for these two, it yeah. it wasn't, and so it didn't bother me that we didn't get it in this one. Does that make right. sense? Absolutely. Um. Because they were more just like, you know, little, little sweethearts. And um, yeah, so. PG-13. Yeah. Um, what was your swooniest moment, Mom? Swooniest moment. <clears throat> you go I've first. Got one. Okay. So mine was related to the sex scene. Um, I love when, uh, so she gets really drunk and he's sleeping on her couch and she gets up at like five in the morning and goes downstairs and he's like, are you feeling better? And she's like, yep. And he just pounces on her. 
<laughs> and <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> I, there were so many things about Drew that I really liked. I loved when he took her to McDonald's. Yeah, that was cute. Their dinner. And um, and again, that was another thing where she was kind of like off put by that. But I'm like, no, that's amazing. He's like a charming. celebrity who's taking you to McDonald's. Well, and like the guys that are sitting there taking pictures and stuff of him. And then he goes over and talks to him. It's like, that's totally cool. Yeah. And um, just, of course, the scene in the bookstore. Yeah. You know, where he, when they kept just and, and I love how and she describes. Yeah, I love how she describes. He'd take a sip closer. He'd take a step closer. And, you know, because it, it happens multiple times in the book where he just kind of encroaches on her space and yeah. then it's just up in there and you're like, yeah. But, um, yeah, there were a lot of swoony moments. Yeah. Just, he was just swoon worthy. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say. So I'm getting that you just found him swoony. I did find him swoony. Um, okay, so let's get into what some of you thought. Uh, Christy said, I thought it was so freaking cute, funny, and a great ode to rom-coms. My only quibble was that I felt Annie was a bit too immature at times. But I think that can also be a rom-com trope because I thought Mindy Lahiri was was too. And I adore the mini project. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, she says, I love Carrie's voice and I cannot wait for Chloe's book. Yes, I'm also yes. super excited for Chloe and Nick's book. Um, because like I said, I think maybe part of me might identify more like I'm I'm part Annie part Chloe I'm like part cynic part hopeless romantic I'm kind of weird <laughs> well you're um, kind of weird for a lot of reasons but yeah we'll go true. with those two um Sarah says I read well listened to this in one day I couldn't put it down or turn it off uh this book had all the elements you expect from a good rom-com clumsy heroine awkward meet cute denying true feelings misunderstandings and a final grand gesture it was cute charming and left me with that same feeling after watching a favorite rom-com film now when are we getting chloe and nick's book (laughs) i do like her it makes you feel like you just watched a rom-com and that's very much the feeling that it has Yeah, it's very true i would like to say because i also listened to part of this and you know me i like my sexy guy voices however this is only a single pov and so we're only female girl yeah um but the gal who does it does a great i don't sorry i don't know her name off the top of my head she does a great job and very animated with her voice and it's so i would recommend listening to at least part of it because it's very cute yeah um i i listened to like some of the beginning but it's hard for me to listen to books that we're going to talk about because i I like to be able to highlight and make notes and things like that um karen said i loved reading annie's inner monologue and drew was a lovable larrikin my i don't know what that word is um, she said, I loved when he said he could tell she was a writer from the moment they met. I thought that was cute, too. Um, here's what I highlighted. You have the vocabulary of a writer, and you just seem like you have something to say. And I loved how, like, touched she was by that. Yeah. Um, she says, thanks for all the movie references, Carrie. I've made a list of those I haven't seen. I guess you could say I am hankful for this book. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, uh, hanklessness was also a great term that yes. Carrie had in that book. Yes. Um, I um, think I can safely say that all the references... I don't references, think she mentioned a movie that I hadn't seen. Yeah, likewise. Which is a little sad. Well, not really. <laughs> it's not surprising, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we made it pretty clear that we watched a lot of rom-coms. Yeah. Um, 
singular male listener Jason said, I loved it. It had everything you could hope for, especially since Gus and I play D&D and go to all kinds of con- conventions. It was perfect. Yeah, we can also relate to, to the, relate. the nerdy factor. Um, Jessica started by saying, I tried so hard to finish today. I don't want to put it down, but Kindle says I have two hours to go and it's 1 a.m. and it's already <laughs> going to be all Carrie's fault when I'm worthless tomorrow. Can't wait to finish and weigh in tomorrow. And then she said, okay, done. I really enjoyed this book and I never read contemporaries. There were definitely times I wanted to yell at her, you aren't in a movie, Annie. (laughs) But this is sort of the point, I think. Yes, agree. Um, Already expressed my immense love for the gamer references. Um, Side note, Tobin needs a cute, brainy gamer girl or boy to straighten him out. Yeah. Um, Drew was delightful. I was so relieved that Tommy was a nice guy and not a mean boss yelling at her. Yeah, I liked that too, especially coming from LA. Um, yeah. I loved Chloe. She was like a blend of my two best friends, so I really related to her. Uh, when she tells Annie she loves her, but she needs to get her head out of her ass, I was like, my besties would so say that to me just like that. <laughs> Overall, so cute and solid four stars. Carrie, you should be so proud you did it, girl, and it's great. Agreed. I um, think I five-starred this one, so I don't do that often. Yeah. So, uh, Kristen go, said, I obviously really enjoyed it. It was fun and adorable. Can't wait for the next one. Um, Aieda said, I haven't finished it yet, but I must say, hanklessness might be my new favorite word. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Um, Nara says, I really liked this book. It's a true rom-com. That being said, I got really annoyed with Annie sometimes. All the misunderstandings were on her side. She was so ready for Drew being a jerk that she didn't consider he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, Drew is great. Nothing bad to say about him. Uh, same. Uh, she said, I adored the side characters and can't wait for the next book. Uncle Don is so great. I'm into Yacht Rock. I only recently discovered that's what it's called. I forced my coworkers into listening to it as well. Um, Jessica said, I'm a little behind my reading schedule this week due to a summer cold. Oh my gosh, Jessica, same. Maybe you gave it to me via the internet. <laughs> Over the Um, internet. (laughs) She said, but just finished the book. I really liked it. Very fun. I loved all the rom-com references, and the book had wonderful supporting character characters. Bring on Chloe and Nick's love story. She said, I will say that Annie was a tough nut to crack for me, and I was surprised at how pessimistic she was and how quick she was to assume the worst true. I guess I thought that as someone so into rom-coms and their message of hope, Annie would have veered in the other direction, seeing everything with rose-colored glasses and maybe reading too much into little things. I loved Drew. He was kind of the dream rom-com hero, right? Oh, and I loved the epilogue that Drew is going to be starring in a Frasier reboot and that Annie's screenplay became the movie Coffee Girl. Super cute callbacks. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, before you read one more, I just got to say, because it's in my brain, and if it goes out of my brain, I won't remember. I loved in the grand gesture at the end, you know, how she goes and she's standing yeah. on the fence and trying to get his attention. Yeah. And when he turns around and hears her, there's not even a moment's hesitation. He just jumps down off the stage and goes out and he's shaking hands with people as he's going out and taking pictures with them. And then he gets to her and it's just like, so, um, I loved that, you know, when she came back, I mean, when she came to get him, he's just like all in. So yeah, that was great. Um, Jessica, I would agree. I think it is interesting that because I, 
But I think maybe I liked that too because I feel like the atypical romance obsessed or rom-com obsessed person is very rose-colored. But she she does mention a lot that she's in interested in rom-coms in their ability to give hope. And I think she really a- attaches herself to that because she needs that. I think, you know, I think that's why she goes to rom-coms is because she's not rose colored by nature just because of everything that she's been through i think um so yes i agree that i mean i definitely agree that i can't understand why she's always seeing the worst in drew in the beginning but i i think i liked that she wasn't our atypical romance rose colored you know uh pixie what's the manic pixie dream girl (laughs) Well, and I think, too, that it would have turned... I think it was kind of fun for him that she was so snarky. I think it would have, you know, yeah, been a little true. bit of a turnoff if she's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, she was just, like, yeah, falling for him immediately. Yeah. Um, Ashley says, I really liked it. My favorite was all the rom-com references. It made me want to have a rom- rom-com marathon. Ashley, oh, same. Like and I Ellen. Did. Um, she says, I loved the supporting characters, especially her uncle, and I loved Drew. I liked Annie, but she did drive me a little crazy at times. That's the general consensus I'm finding. Uh, I think she said, that's the, I think the that's crux. supposed to be. I, yeah. I think that's, um, yeah. she said, I often found myself thinking, real life is not a freaking movie. Um, I loved the end when she's racing to find him at the end. Excellent rom-com writing there. And that's, those are what everybody thought. Um... Yeah, I think I think none of the things that bothered me bothered me because they seemed very intentional. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, I wanted to shake her by her shoulders a lot of times. <laughs> but um, and I but I also like that that is her her character arc is getting out of that phase where I want to shake her by her shoulders. Right. Um, and. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Oh, Jessica uh, mentioned when Chloe calls her out. And I really liked that scene where she's just like, you know, I love you, but I need you to, like, recognize that you're being ridiculous. And I need you to recognize that there's nothing holding you back from following from following your dreams and doing what you <laughs> want to do with your life. What's the line from Moonrise Kingdom? Oh, I love you, but you don't know what you're talking about. I love you, but you don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Mom, any other thoughts on Waiting for Tom Hanks? Well, I think there's, there, it's going to spill over into some of our discussion yeah. later on. But uh, no, I loved it. Carrie, I loved it. Write more. I want to read more. Yeah, I'm um, super excited for Chloe and Nick's book. Yeah. Um, and yes, Carrie, I can say unequivocally, without bias, that I loved the book. So. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Waiting for Tom Hanks by Carrie Winfrey. I hope that this episode lived up to Carrie's hopes and dreams for it. Um, uh, I do want to say, Carrie, we're going to tag you in the, <laughs> on social media when we post this. So that, that's a good, <laughs> that's a sign that we liked it. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Uh, we would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, and our Instagram, which are both at not your mom's rom, or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com. So if you want a read along, if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On July 1st, we will be discussing Fix Her Up by Tessa Bailey in our next mini episode. Um, but for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about what's this, a Tom Hanks movie, specifically, You've Got Mail. So stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. Okay, so these these are just a couple items from um, that have been taking place on our Facebook group. I had to read this after I just sang that jingle. Oh my gosh! Jenny says, <laughs> "So Ellen, I hear your mom snickering every week when you sing your break song, but I want to let you know that I have adopted it and sing it every morning when I make my breakfast shake. Except my version. It's time for a shake. It's time for a shake." A shake is what we eat when we're hungry. <laughs> she says, it's a hit. My dogs love it and dance when I sing it. <laughs> Jenny, I appreciate this on so many levels because, A, I love that uh, you're calling mom out for not loving my jingle. Um, but also uh, that you sing to your dogs because I sing to my dogs all the, the time. <laughs> I do not sing to my dogs because my husband is doing it constantly. He's yeah. constantly singing dog songs. I always say, you and your dog songs. Well, the thing that my dad does that I have adopted is you, like, take a song and you, like, put the dog's name into it. And the thing is, is, like, you can put Steve into anything because it's, you know. A one-syllable name. Yeah. I, the one that I sing a lot is... Um, why can't I think of I can't help loving that dog of mine <laughs> which is just weird <laughs> but I can't help it mom he's just so damn cute <laughs> um well, so my I'm cute I just don't I just don't sing to them <laughs> um so I really appreciated that note Jenny and um yeah that that brought me great joy um Nara just posted this on the Facebook group today and I thought we would address it I don't even know if I saw it. Did you comment on Nara's post? I did comment on it because oh, I'm okay. a good administrator on our Facebook group. <laughs> I've been sick and watching Whatever. rom-coms all day. Um, <laughs> so uh, Nara says, we've had the what question. Now it's time for the who. If you could pick any book boyfriend or girlfriend to be stranded with on a desert island, who would you pick? Uh, should, it's a difficult question, and mine is changing by the minute. I'm curious about your answers. So what'd you say, Mom? I said, like I've said before, my favorite book boyfriend is pretty much whoever I'm reading at the time. <laughs> so Drew would be my book boyfriend <laughs> right now. But I've been through many book boyfriends. <laughs> you would want someone that's very capable in the desert island. Someone uh, mentioned Cletus. Someone mentioned... Yeah. Um, Jethro would be good. Jethro would be good because he's like a, a, a park ranger guy yeah. um, with dad skills. So, yeah, if you had a baby on a desert island, <laughs> it could happen. He could Lula be Lula chopping style. down wood and changing, you know, palm leaf diapers. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who else had. Someone was reading the. Um, 
the Spotless series, so they mentioned oh. Monk, and I was like, oh, gosh, I loved Monk. Um, uh, I don't know. I've been through so many book boyfriends, it's I hard think, to... I think I'll settle on Jethro, because I think I would have a good time with him, but also he would be very helpful in that oh, situation. You could also, you could also do um, Roscoe would be good, too. I mean, he's yeah. a bad. I mean, any of those boys would be good. Cause he, so he'd have some medical skills, which might be helpful. Yeah, that's true. And he's adorable with puppies. So if there <laughs> happens to be an island with puppies on it. Oh, my gosh. Send me there. <laughs> I want to go to there. You and Roscoe. <laughs> Isle of dogs. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, and then I thought... Finally, for our break segment, we would talk about the news that came out this week that Julie Andrews is going to be voicing Lady Whistledown in the Bridgerton series. Which is perfect. Yeah, like, I didn't even realize how much I needed that until it happened. Yeah. That's so great. I think I mainly love it, too, because it's, like, giving some gravity and to this project so that maybe more, like, higher names will come yeah. on board. Maria Von Trapp is going to be laying whistle down. So, yeah. and I love, I mean, in case you haven't read it, I won't try and spoil it too much, but I love that it kind of misdirects. Yes. As definitely. to who as to the identity of Lady Whistledown. Well, it keeps it secret. Yes, for sure. Um, so that's it for the break segment and uh we will, you know, keep sending in these little things that I can uh, read and we'll see you next time. And if you're not haven't joined it yet, join our Facebook group. Yeah, definitely. That's where all the action is these days. So. Loads of fun. We're, yeah. We don't even do Twitter so much anymore because I know, we're it's on true. there. I really don't. Yeah. I know. You're terrible. But whatever. <laughs> okay. Bye. Welcome back. So in honor of uh, Waiting for Tom Hanks, we figured we had to talk about a rom-com featuring Tom Hanks. Uh, we left it up to the listeners on the Facebook group, and everybody, the the favorite was You've Got Mail. And I think that that is a worthy choice. Here's I think my, so, too. So where do you fall on, where does this one fall in terms of your love for it? Um... You mean my love for it in relation to other rom-coms? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I would say it's one of my favorites. Um, Yeah. I was, as I was watching it today and I was with more of a critiquing eye, I was like, there's really a lot of stuff in it that wouldn't be in a normal rom-com. Like they're both in relationships at the beginning with other people. Yeah. Um, First of all, (laughs) sorry, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Tom Hanks is not, like, your super hot, sexy no, hero not. in a rom-com. I mean, he's he's charming beyond belief, but um, he's not, you know, super hunky. He's even yeah. a little soft in this one, I would say. Yeah. Um, and he's older in this one. and Yeah. You know. But, gosh dang, he is just charming beyond. Yeah. Especially in this one. I find yeah. him super charming. Um yeah. And the fact that the whole crux of the story is he makes her lose her business, which is like horrible. That's a horrible thing to do. Yeah. And he's and in the beginning he's kind of cavalier about the whole thing. And uh I mean he comes around and he's sweet about it, but I mean it's Here's a here's a question for you. Where does this one 
shortfall for you in comparison to what it will always get compared to Sleepless in Seattle. Seattle. I think I like this one more because of the interaction between them. Um, Yeah. Sleepless in Seattle is great and I love it, but there's very little interaction between Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Yeah, I think that like maybe technically like the quality of the movie itself is better with Sleepless in Seattle, but I enjoy watching You've Got Mail more, I think, is where I... Is where I land with those two. I love them both, obviously. But well, I love the quirky little people that she works with. Yeah, you know, Steve Zahn and and Gene Stapleton. I mean, all of them are great. And then I love Dave Chappelle. I mean, yeah, you know, there's a that's amazing. You know, and his weird dad and grandpa relationships. And that's um, what I will always love about a Nora Ephron movie is she does side characters yeah. really well and just like dialogue between you know like you think about rosie o'donnell and um in sleepless in seattle and rita wilson and sleepless in seattle and i love uh carrie fisher and bruno kirby in when harry met sally you know she she does that really well well um i don't know i just the charm in this movie is just off the charts so here's what she's I've, charming. I mean, yeah, Meg she's, Ryan's character she's, is so sweet and charming. Yeah, she's adorable in this one. And I like how she finally gets to get nasty, and then she's all mad at herself. <laughs> she feels yeah. bad about it. <laughs> well, I lo- I I love that scene. I mean, that you know she she's like, I did it. I had a breakthrough. I was mean to you, and you know I, I was able to do it. And um, I love when she gets really nasty with him, and then he leaves. And, you know, he knows that she is shop girl. And then he gets home and he has this email from her where she's like, well, I did it and you were right. It was awful. I yeah. I never want to treat anybody like that, even this person who's been awful to me. And that's kind of what makes him like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stick with this. Um, well, then the scene where he's visiting her when she's sick and she starts to say something and he stops her, first of all. Puts his hand on her mouth, which is, you know, there's the proximity there. Yeah. And then, um, you know, before you say something, you're going to regret later. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, you know, so cute. So I have a problem that I need you to help diagnose uh, what's wrong with me. But oh I've found... How much time do you have? <laughs> oh, you're going to give me a specific? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've found that my favorite rom-com trope is when... A hero is like straight up messing with slash lying to the heroine. <laughs> because my favorite part of this movie is when he's becoming friends with her and he knows who she is, but she doesn't know, she who, doesn't he know who he is. is. And he's just straight up messing with her. And I was thinking back on when we were watching Pillow Talk and it's the same thing. I love when he's like straight up lying to her and I watched only you and I love when he's lying to her (laughs) I'm like what's wrong with me (laughs) well I think that you see the fun part of that yeah like as a viewer it's yeah fun to watch it's fun to watch you're right as a viewer if you were the girl in the situation you probably would not appreciate it as much yeah but as a viewer watching it it's (laughs) hilarious yeah um, that's, that's the, you know, 
the realization that I I'm like there's something uh there's something probably not great about that I like well, this so much but and the whole thing where he's like have you asked him if he's married and <laughs> she's like he's not married and then she asks him if he's married and he's like How? I can't believe you would ask me that <laughs> oh I get later, it your friends like, so he your didn't friends are telling question. you to ask <laughs> Yeah, and because it's it's similar to in Pillow Talk when you he's know on the he's phone like with her, yeah, and he's like, oh, so he's one of those guys who really likes his mother, and then <laughs> later he's doing all these things to like further that, you know, and I don't know, it was it's very similar to that, um, but yeah, I mean, I I love this entire movie, but that is my favorite part of this movie is when. They're talking about, like, 152, you know, people who think he looks like a Clark Barr. <laughs> Felony conviction. The, um, the Watching this made me want to watch Shop Around the Corner. I wanted to see how... It was adapted. Well, how in sync they were. Yeah. And, um, and I wasn't sure if, like, names were used that were the same name. I wasn't sure how closely related they were. And so I watched the 1940 version with Jimmy Stewart, um, Shop Around the Corner, which is a weird, it's got a weird setting. It's set in Budapest, and they all speak English. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing. But um, cute movie. The whole scene at the coffee shop where he goes to meet up with her is almost word for word verbatim from the movie. I mean, they're almost word for word the same, yeah. So he's there with a friend, and he has his friend look in the coffee shop window and tell Mm -hmm. me what she looks like. And, and, you know, he says, well, she kind of, same line. She kind of has the same coloring as, you know. (laughs) And um, so, and then that whole scene is pretty much almost word for word scripted. And, um, but very cute. Jimmy Stewart, so adorable. Yeah. Um, Carrie made some really good points about what kind of sets apart a Nora Ephron movie. I mean, Nora Ephron, like, hallowed be her name. Like, I love all of her movies. And um, I think Carrie really nailed it when she talks about how there's there's a certain, I don't want to say melancholy, but there's a certain, you know thing in Nora Ephron movies where it's it addresses that bad things also happen yeah that life isn't always peachy yeah um but that you know finding love in the midst of that is what makes it all the more sweet and I I um yeah I mean it's it's always been I just love Nora Ephron movies I think I she's her writing is just amazing her dialogue is more Zesty. Well, and I think her, it's a rom-com, but it's got so many layers to it, you know, rather than just being a straight-up rom-com, like, yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to name others that might be offended, but um, there's so many layers, like, and like I, like you said, with the melancholy, there's always something, you know, sad that's, I mean, he literally put her out of business. She lost her business. Yeah. And still there's a rom-com laid on top of that. That just seems undoable but yeah it worked (laughs) yeah and um you know and a lot of it has to do with the characters in the situation you know uh, someone else kathleen kelly was able to to do it and still fall in love with him even though he put her out of business but um you know not everybody could but it is tom hanks 
Yeah, it's true. Well, and I think, I think just her movies kind of like elevate the genre and, you know, you can show a Nora Ephron movie to someone who disparages rom-coms and you can say like, you can't say that they're all bad. (laughs) Like, these are really good movies. (laughs) These are really good movies. Yeah. It it is a good movie. Um, I have to put a shout out to, gosh, the um, soundtrack for this movie as I, I well, was really we had the soundtrack to, too that we and well we, we did to it. but I was really paying attention to it when I was watching it this time and the eclecticness of the songs because yeah. you've got well there's multiple Harry Nelson which I love Harry Nelson but because um, I'm a product of the 70s mm-hmm. but um, so there's multiple Harry Nelson but then Splish Splash the Cranberries yeah. uh, Stevie Wonder all these people who make a, an appearance in the soundtrack and it's like that's, I don't know that eclecticness is a word, but <laughs> it it's just, you know, kind of, and each song fits perfect with, you yeah, know, with what's going on, with what's going on. Yeah. I just, I love this movie. I love, like, it, I mean, any Nora Ephron movie always made me, like, romanticize New York a lot, mm-hmm. um, but, and this one definitely still does, like, it makes you want to go to New York in the fall and be on the Upper West Side and... Get a bouquet um, of sharpened pencils. Bouquet of sharpened pencils. Um, yeah, I just I just love this movie. It's always a delight. Um, well, when we went to New York, it was Ellen's senior year in high school, and um, we specifically went to places based on movies that we'd seen. Yeah. Um, so we went to Serendipity because of Serendipity. We went yep. to... The Empire State Building because of... Because of Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> in Seattle. <laughs> uh, but there were certain places that we just went to because we have to because it's in this movie that we love. Yeah, so that's true. That's how, that's how we did New York. And that's how we did England, too. <laughs> that is... Wow. What does that say about us, <laughs> Um. Anyway, I know a lot of you also love this movie, and um, it's it's just endlessly quotable and... I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think we've talked enough about how delightful both of them are. But I, I find I like so badly wanted Meg Ryan's haircut in this movie. Oh, like right around clothes, that even when I was watching today, it's like her clothes are so cute. And yeah. then um, also, uh, oh, I was just going to make a great point. It was a great point And I forgot it. Ellen. I bet it was, Mom. It was a great point. Um Anyway, yes, I love her. Cl- oh, I was going to make the point about this movie really holds up because, you know, yeah. like when we did, um, what was the other movie we did? 16 Candles. Obviously, there were problems. But um, this movie holds up except the technology. I was going to say, all. except AOL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dial up internet. Ah, man, makes me appreciate <laughs> Wi Fi yeah. now. Yeah. But, um, and then to look at their computers and laptops i was cracking up at the big thick laptops and stuff but you know you gotta gotta appreciate where we've come in the few years since that movie yeah um anyway i think that's all we need to say about you've got mail love it it's always i mean as i've been sick this weekend um i i was texting someone and saying (laughs) that um it's it like wasn't me it wasn't mom <laughs> so who else could it have been um i was like it's my comfort binge is it's either when i'm sick it's either rom-coms or 
period dramas or a yeah. mixture of the two because or pride and prejudice yeah um yeah so uh yeah so that's what we'll say about you've got mail great time as always so thanks so much for joining us again if you would like to join us for fix her up by tessa bailey in one week on july 1st you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher spotify and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free you can also find us on twitter and instagram at not your mom's rom or on facebook or goodreads or email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them all right thanks mom you're welcome, Alan. You're welcome for all my mind-blowing insight. Yes, as always. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>